Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. <laughs> if I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I like Absolutely. where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. Okay. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bonjour, mes amis. Aujourd'hui, en l'honneur de mes auditeurs au Canada et en France, je ferai l'intégralité du podcast en français. Just kidding. That's all the French I could possibly speak today. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Saturday, April 11th in the year of the coronavirus apocalypse at dnrstudios.com, which, by the way, is the only place to hear this podcast the week that it first airs. Leave us your ratings and reviews or wherever else you listen to this thing. Hey, at, as we speak, as I record this, ladies and gentlemen, the Adam Sank Show is back in the top 100 on iTunes. And for it to stay there and go even higher, you've got to leave your ratings and reviews. It takes seconds to do it. Please do it. I got to uh, put Do Not Disturb on my phone so I don't get texts every two minutes. Uh, what else? Like the Facebook page. Download my two comedy albums. Donate to my AIDS Walk page. Some of you are still donating even during this time. Amazing. It's at adamsank.com. There's a link right there. Um, today's show is going to be very exciting. So when I listened to the last couple episodes uh, that I did solo from home, I realized that it's really kind of boring when it's just me talking when I don't have a co-host. So uh, I feel like the more people that call in, the better. So today we have not one, not two, but three fabulous people calling into the show. First is, of course, everyone's favorite piglet, Ryan Frostig, who will be calling in with his RuPaul's Drag Race update. Then we'll be speaking to a, a first-time asser, uh, but someone I've known for a very long time, Canadian comedian Lars Kaliu. I don't know whether or not he speaks French, but I will be asking him that. Lars uh, is a terrific guy, very funny, and uh, a big fan of the show. And then finally, we will top things off, as it were, with the fabulous Frank DeCaro, the legendary, the legendary Frank DeCaro. So all that coming up in just a moment. Um, I also want to just quickly mention some uh, streaming things that you should be binge watching during this time that everyone's staying at home with endless hours of free time. Um, I'm sure you've all heard about Tiger King by now. I really do recommend it if you haven't watched it. It's shocking and amazing and it, it's uh, almost like watching a great mystery unravel because there's so many bizarre twists and turns and just the uh the most despicable characters you've ever seen and they're all real so watch tiger king i also uh, a friend of mine referred me to a wonderful docuseries on hbo called mcmillions which is about the mcdonald's monopoly game scandal of the uh, late 90s and early o's something that has largely been forgotten um, because it was sort of wiped out of the headlines by September 11th, 2001. But it's a fascinating, crazy story about how this Monopoly game, this, this little promotion at McDonald's, was essentially taken over by the mob. Um, and then finally, I want to put in a good word for MTV's The Challenge. The Challenge is in its 35th season. It's been on TV since 1998. They usually do two seasons per year. It started as a spinoff of the Real World and the and uh, the Real World and Road Rules, and 
it it's just the best reality show on TV. I've watched all 35 seasons. It gets better and better. I don't think it gets the credit it deserves. It's got a little of everything. It's just, it's an athletic competition, but there's also a lot of strategy, like Survivor. Um, there's a lot of bitchiness and backbiting, like Real Housewives and all those other trashy shows. And there's also a tremendous amount of sex appeal. The, the cast is extremely attractive. Some of the most beautiful men I've ever seen. And they're shirtless and they wear tight short shorts and there's lots of bulges and they're always fucking each other, the, the contestants. It, it's really... Um, it's got everything. So check out the challenge on MTV. This new season is the craziest of all. So uh, there's only been one episode so far as I record this. By the way, I'm recording this on Sunday, April 5th. Forgive the lag time. Um, I, I'm doing these on Sundays now. And then JB needs time to edit it. And shout out to JB, whom I love, whom I miss. Uh, JB is at home under quarantine like the rest of us. And he, he's editing this show. He's doing it in post, and uh, I love him and appreciate him for it, and I miss him terribly. Okay, so as I said, no co-host today. Ryan's going to call in in just a moment, but first, I want to talk about this story, and the headline is, Gay Online Sex Party Draws Thousands. You got to love the gays. They will always find a way to bring sex into any situation. Um, So a club in England... Uh, it's, a, it's an actual club that has a, a naked weekly party. Obviously, they can't hold their parties right now. Um, so they decided to, to create an online version of the naked party, and 3,000 people joined. 3,000 people showed up, and they were all naked. Uh, there were DJs. There were live performances. Um, people were masturbating. People were – if they had a partner with them uh, in their self-quarantine, they were fucking on camera. It was uh, just an online fuck fest. Now, a reporter over at Slate named Andrew Kahn was attended to one of these uh, – was invited to one of these gay sex parties. And so he wrote a report for our friends over at Cocktails and Cock Talk. And he says, you know, apparently these parties are happening all over. There's all kinds of like online gay sex parties. And I'm sure there are some straight sex parties going on for you straight swingers out there. But Andrew Kahn at Slate says the problem with these parties is that they often use Zoom. And with Zoom, when one person speaks, they become the featured speaker and everyone else gets muted. And so if people are talking over each other, it's kind of audio pandemonium. And he said, quote, once in a while, someone would offer a compliment, a whimper, or flick open a bottle of lube, prompting Zoom to showcase them as a featured speaker. By the half hour mark, all conversation had ceased, Some free- <laughs> except for frequent, requ- <laughs> frequent requests from the host to please mute when there was disruptive background noise. So they haven't really perfected this, but um, I'm glad that people are doing what they can to stay sexually active and safe during this pandemic. Let's see if Ryan's called in yet. Uh, hold on one second. I'm going to tell him to because I, this is the time. It's very hard one-man banding this, you guys. You have no idea. I think I did finally get the audio under control, though. I think last episode sounded pretty good, and I'm hoping this one does, too. Um, So anyway, I'll intro this way. Uh, The most recent episode of RuPaul's Drag Race that I've seen was the Snatch Game, in which Gigi Good was triumphant. She was amazing. And um, Aiden Aiden Jane, Zane, whatever the fuck, finally went home. Finally went home about four episodes too late. So uh, Ryan will be commenting on that any moment now when he calls in. Oh, God. What can I tell you? I'm sitting here. I'm facing my courtyard right now. And uh, my apartment faces – my living room faces a courtyard and I can see all of the people in their apartments like 50 feet across the courtyard. And there is a guy just waking up right now who is so fucking hot. He's all muscled and tatted up. And – I want to have sex with him. Pandemic be damned. I don't give a fuck. All right. Seriously, he's not calling in. All right. So we're going to – we're going to move on. And I'm probably going to have to interrupt this story when he does call in. Uh, So we all know about the hideous movie version of the musical Cats, which was a 
critical and box office disaster. Well, fans uh, of Cats and, and also people that hate Cats have been uh, creating a frenzy on the internet over the past month regarding a so-called butthole cut of Cats. There was a rumor started that when they originally you know, created the movie, they had included buttholes on all of the cats. And then someone went through this, you know, director, producer, editor of the film went through and took out all the buttholes. Uh, I don't know where the rumor began, but people actually were emailing and calling Universal asking them. Um, and Universal had no comment, but one anonymous artist who had worked on the film said there were never shots of cats with buttholes, at least not by design. However, there were a dozen or so shots where the skin and fur simulation was groomed or just folded in a way that really looked like very furry lady genitals and buttholes by accident. So fans took to Twitter with the hashtag release the butthole cut, demanding that Universal Studios <laughs> release this cut. Um, and now someone, some fan, some technologically skilled person has created a trailer for the quote-unquote butthole cut of Cats, adding CGI anuses to the dancing kitties. The trailer offers a peek of anuses played by, <laughs> of characters played by Judy Dench, Taylor Swift, James Corden, Idris Elba, Rebel Wilson, and Jennifer Hudson. Sir Ian McKellen also got a set of CGI nipples added to his look. Uh, I found this on Queerty, but you can you can watch the um, you can watch the trailer also on the Adam Sank Show page. I I posted it there. It is really very entertaining and worth watching. I'm now going to call Ryan myself because she is obviously in the in a marijuana haze and not calling in, even though I I sent her a calendar reminder and everything. This is happening live, everyone. We'll do it live. And he's still not answering. This is great radio, isn't it? Fascinating. What could he possibly be doing right now? E either he's like in a marijuana haze or... Oh, hello. Thanks for calling in. It's not 12 o'clock yet. Yeah, it was supposed to be 11.05. Anyway, oh, here we are. Uh, so Ryan, yes, yeah, so morning. you're th good morning. So you're three minutes late. We're on the air, and um, Hi, I've just I'm, I'm just high, making you know, washing the dishes, just preparing for my call in at twelve, and you know, these things happen. But here we are. Here we are. So tell them about uh, your feelings about the latest episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, including the Snatch Game. Well, the Snatch Game is really the make-it-or-break-it challenge of the competition. I mean, this is where stars really are born and really uh, come to the forefront. Um, some of the winners have gone on to win the entire competition. Um, the first winner to do that was Jinx Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon won Snatch Game as Little Edie, who was a controversial choice amongst the queens because they were all doing, like, pop stars, which RuPaul, you know, now, like, typically uh, does not recommend girls pick, you know, pop stars or music people. So that was Jinx. Aquaria was also a winner of Snatch Game as Melania Trump. So I would say if you win the Snatch Game which this Snatch Game was won by Gigi Good, um, who played Maria the Robot, which was, I thought, a really um, interesting, risky choice. Brilliant. Which, you know, it was so good. It was so... Um, and, and, you know, when, when, when RuPaul tells you to do something, which I feel like this season, RuPaul has been very kind of unhinged and off the cuff and is basically telling these girls, I want you to do this. This is what you should do. Like, she, Yeah, I think she's a lot she freer with her advice than she used to be. And I thought it was funny that they brought um, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, Miss Vanjie, to do the walk around. 
because she really had probably one of the worst snatch games. She was uh, that catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> I think the lesson. I think the lesson you know from all the all the seasons and all the snatch games we've seen is that if you take a risk but you believe in it 100%. You you really are confident that you can do this and you prepare and you work, then then it will pay off. Both little Edie and Maria the robot are extremely risky because no one's ever most people have never heard of them. I of course know little Edie, but most gays yeah. under the age of 40 have no idea who little Edie is. Um, but both Jinx and Gigi were so prepared and they knew what they were going to do and they did it. Whereas yeah. someone like Britta, and again, months and months to prepare, says, I'm going to do Jennifer Holiday and doesn't write a single joke and doesn't sing and doesn't like come up with any sort of character for Jennifer Holiday other than the fact that she has a crooked mouth. Well, and the other thing is, and you know, you were we were talking about um, Sherry Pie, who is fortunate, unfortunately, uh, I'd say, doing very well, makes for some, some pretty uncomfortable, awkward television. But I think she was amazing. You said that her Catherine Hepburn wasn't uh, wasn't that great, but it's really more about creating a heightened version of that person, and really just making RuPaul laugh. Right. So sometimes, you know, like on season three, um, Alexis Mateo did a lesbian uh, version of Alicia Keys. She played Alicia Keys as a lesbian. Right. And uh, Yara Sophia uh, did Amy Winehouse. And it was hilarious seeing someone struggle to do a British accent. Um, but, like, if you make RuPaul laugh, it doesn't matter if you're... If you're um, Staying true to how that person acts. It's not about, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's an impersonation challenge, but it's less about the impersonation and it's more about the, the comedy and the timing and the, um, the back and forth. The that, Bollywood that's story. right. And that judge, uh, I forget his name, it's, it's that guy I love from Mean Girls. Yeah, um, not Danny, but... Uh, not Jonathan, but the other uh, one. Hot one? The one who's like a bear. Anyway, during the judging, he said sometimes you you have to do uh, the character plus one, meaning you have to like add some element to them that that isn't really there, but it works for for the sketch that you're doing. So, you know, Jennifer Holliday could have been like someone who can't stop eating. She could have been someone who's really horny. You could have created anything. Britta did nothing. And Zane really did nothing. Um, and thankfully, thankfully is finally off this show. And I just want to say before I get your reaction on this, I don't think it's Zane's fault or Aiden's fault, um, that he was terrible. I think it's the producer's fault for casting someone who was so clearly out of their element and not up to the level of any of these other Girls, and I can't figure out, you know, Michelle said, oh, I saw something in Aiden from the beginning. I don't know what anyone saw in Aiden. I really don't. I agree with you, and I I think that the producers aren't necessarily casting for talent as much as uh, they're casting for story. And I think this idea of putting someone like Aiden Zane, who comes from Bumblefuck Nowhere, Georgia, who... Except he doesn't. Ryan, he lives an hour from Atlanta. He could perform in Atlanta anytime he wanted if he just got off his ass and did it. Well, but that's the thing, though, is that uh, he doesn't. And they, they showed him yawning, taking naps. I mean, they clearly they didn't give Aiden like a, a great edit, but they definitely um, were setting uh, her and Britta up for this um, inevitable lip sync um, where Britta finally gets to send Aiden home. I thought the lip sync, to be honest, was a little bit... The production was phenomenal. <laughs> there were trees and there was snow. I mean, we've never seen anything like it before. But I actually thought that the lip sync was a little bit boring on both parts. I, I would have sent them both home, honestly. 
Well, I, I think it, we can all agree that Britta has been a huge disappointment, especially those of us from New York who know what she's capable of. This is not her 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 show. This is not this is not her where no, she shines. She's, yeah, but well, one last thing I want to say. Um, speaking of New York, though, is that I think this is the first time in RuPaul's Drag Race history that a queen has been safe more than two or three times in a row. Jan, who is one of my favorites of the season, I think she's been excellent. Her Bernard Peters was pretty weak. I think she could have amped that up a little bit. But I think I think she's pretty I think she's doing pretty well. Um, but she's been safe for four weeks. Yes. So I think they're setting her up for this next week's episode, which is the Madonna musical, which I know you're probably very excited about. I am breathless with anticipation. <laughs> So yeah, I hope you're right. I hope Jan, we get to see Jan uh, excel because we know what she can do, and I do think she's yeah. she's been flying under the radar. I think I think a few of them have been flying under the radar, but Gigi Good, for my money, is the person to beat. Um, she seems to have all kinds of of talents and skills, and yeah. she's fucking smart. Like, you have to be really smart to pull off that Maria the Robot bit. And she had so many things prepared, and she was quick on her feet. Yes, that's very important. And I think that she, you know, is savvy on the runway. You know, the Frozen uh, theme, everyone took that so literally and so, you know, like, and she, she made it campy, and it was adorable. And it was, you know, I think that I, I'm actually starting to think that she's less of a fashion queen and more of like a camp camp queen but like with a with a um, with a um, kind of the point of view is very sophisticated but it's campy yeah I think she gets it she's been studying well she you know who she reminded me of Rai when she was doing Maria the Robot she reminded me of Morgan McMichaels everyone says that and I don't really I don't I guess I see a, a similar facial structure but you know who she reminds me of so much she reminds me of like a young Carol Burnett like I, yes. I, was, I would have loved to have seen her play Carol Burnett but but, but right I, like Morgan McMichaels, you know this. I knew Morgan in San yeah. Diego before years before she was ever on the show, and I did shows with her in LA. And she's brilliant. We we only got to see a tenth of what Morgan McMichaels can do. When you see her come out on stage and do like a ten minute set as as Jim Carrey or Elvis, it's that in, incredibly controlled caricature where every facial expression and every movement is perfect almost like a lip synca like it's that kind of control and that's where i felt Gigi good that's where i i got morgan from her when she would would just do the robot and just turn her head and make a face and like she was so precise just just completely in character and you know it, it, it's interesting you bring up morgan though because that's an example of someone who didn't really do well on either season that she was on Drag Race. You know, she's most known for um, Fix Your Mug, Fix Your Wig, Fix right. Your Mug, most, you know, um, Monique uh, Summers-Madison. But um, she has a great career now. You know, she's still working, she's still out there, she's still working stuff. And I think Britta, who was pretty successful um, here in New York City, even though she's not having a great kind of run on the show, I think that she she hopefully will be able to bounce back and uh, get some bookings because no one's getting bookings these days. Nope. Listen, babe, we got it wrong. We've been talking for a long time and you were late to begin with. But thank you so much for your RuPaul's Drag Race update. And um, I will talk to you soon. Love you. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye. Okay, Ryan Frostig, ladies and gentlemen, with the RuPaul's Drag Race update. I am uh, now waiting for our next guest to call in. <laughs> this is fun. Oh, dear. Hold on one second. Let me send him a text. And meanwhile, I'm going to talk about this. Um, 
when I did one of the Coronas bonus uh, podcast episodes where I was just kind of talking off the cuff, I mentioned that I eat the exact same things every single day under normal circumstances. So I wanted to um, – I, one of the listeners was like, hey, tell us what you eat. I don't know why this would be interesting to anyone, but for whoever this listener was, I will tell you that under non-quarantine circumstances, every single morning I have oatmeal with bananas. Um, I actually make it the night before. I soak oatmeal, uh, salt, Splenda, cinnamon, margarine, and a cut-up banana and soy milk, and I soak it overnight in the fridge and then in the morning, all I basically have to do is heat it up. It's already kind of like cooked itself in the fridge. And it's absolutely delicious and filling and great for you. And um, so, yeah, so that's my breakfast every single day of the year. And that has not changed, by the way, under the uh, corona apocalypse. Now, uh, for lunch, when I'm in my office doing my job normally, I get pretty much every single day I get a large salad with falafel. Spinach salad, spinach is really good, uh, you know, dark leafy greens are essential. I'm a vegan, so the iron that I get from that is really important. And I have, um, oh my God, what do I have in there? Beets, tomatoes, um, cabbage, um, sometimes uh, tofu, but falafel is like the main thing and balsamic vinaigrette dressing. Now for dinner, that's where I mix it up. For dinner, I either go out to get a falafel wrap or a vegan shawarma wrap from this Mediterranean place around the corner for me, or I make my own uh, dinner. And there's a number of things that I make. My most popular dishes for myself are chili. I make a chili with beans and beyond meat and vegetables and so forth. Um, or I make a Thai stir fry with Rama sauce, peanut sauce, um, that's incredibly delicious. And for that, I use soy curls, which you can buy on Amazon. Soy curls are basically dried soybeans and you, um, you soak them for 10 minutes and then you cook them up like chicken. They have the consistency of chicken. They don't have any flavor to them, but if you add flavor to them, like the Rama sauce and the seasonings, it is absolutely delicious. And then once in a blue moon, I'll order out or order in for dinner. I'll order like a Beyond Burger or a tofu burrito or something along those lines. But that is what I eat every single day of the year. Same breakfast, same lunch, uh, various dinners, and it works for me. Unfortunately, during this time, I am eating nothing but crap. I, I can't stop eating bagels and bread and bowls of cereal, and I'm just – I feel my stomach getting larger. And you know what? I'm trying to give myself a break. I, I, I'm not going to like hate on myself for, for trying to comfort myself with food right now. I think we're all doing it. And it's a lot healthier than other ways in which I could be comforting myself. It's not like I'm sitting here doing meth. But um, but I am smoking pot. I am eating too much. And I am watching porn. And none of those things are particularly healthy. Okay, it appears that our Canadian comedian guest, Lars Kellyu, is not going to call in. So I'm going to just move on. I've got a lot of other stories to talk about. And... Um, all right, I talked about the, the, the butthole trailer. Okay, so on Facebook, uh, there's been a lot of like Facebook games going around because everyone's you know crawling the walls with boredom. And one of them is to make a list of 10 things that you hate or that you dislike that everyone else loves. So I decided to play along. And um, some of mine were controversial and some of mine people agreed with. But here are the 10 things that everyone else loves that I don't like. Number one, The Inheritance on Broadway. The Inheritance is a play that came to Broadway this year and everyone went ape shit and were like, oh my God, it's the new Angels in America. It's Angels in America for a new generation. I'm here to tell you it is not. It's as long as Angels in America, but that's where the similarities end. Okay, number two, all Star Wars movies. I am just not that guy. I, I, and I know that this is – I know a lot of gay people, uh, gay men and gay women, are super into Star Wars. And so it's not, it's not that I think it's a straight thing. It's just I, I can't get into um, fantasy. 
Uh, I mean, I can get into fantasy, if you know what I'm saying. But I can't get into that genre. I don't like the Harry Potter movies. I don't like Lord of the Fly, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, any of that shit. If it couldn't actually happen, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in Game of Thrones. Uh, I'm a realist. Uh, that brings me to number three, all Harry Potter movies, the books too. Number four, Foreskin. I've talked about this a lot on the show. It's my most controversial opinion. I don't like Foreskin. Sorry. I know it's natural. Those of you guys out there listening with foreskin, God bless you. Wave your you, – you raise that foreskin flag high and let it flap in the breeze. Most gay guys love it. Most gay guys think it's hot as fuck. So you don't have to worry about me. I'm just a freak who has a strong preference for a nice cut helmet. Um, spicy food I am not a fan of. I like food that has a lot of flavor to it, but if it's hot and spicy, if it burns my my mouth, I'm not interested in it. It upsets my stomach. It doesn't taste good. These people who add hot sauce to everything, everything, uh, you're you're just destroying your your palate and your taste buds. Uh, Mariah Carey, not a fan. Um, I'm not even talking about her personally. I'm talking about her music. I recognize that Mariah Carey is one of the greatest singers of all time. I really do. And that she's incredibly successful and that she's got millions and millions of fans. But I have never – there's no Mariah Carey song that I ever want to hear. When a Mariah Carey song comes on, I'm not like, oh, I love this song ever. Not one song of hers is, is memorable or interesting. And I think all of her vocal tricks, her ability to like go into whistle tone, it's not enjoyable for me to listen to. It's just annoying. Number seven, any televised sport, including tennis. I know a lot of people who don't want to watch football or baseball or basketball, but when like it's the U.S. Open, they're all about it. I don't even like the U.S. Open. I get really bored uh, in, in minutes watching any kind of televised sporting event. The only exception would be like men's gymnastics, uh, and even that I only watch like during the Olympics, and um, figure skating. Figure skating and, and uh, you know, anything that's really artistic and beautiful or involves hot guys um, jumping around in leotards is good for me. Uh, number eight, my apologies to former uh, – to, to erstwhile <laughs> ass co-host Sean Peter Drowen, Taylor Swift. I, I don't like Taylor Swift. Again, I appreciate her talent. She's a great songwriter. She's, you know, a bajillionaire. She, she's, she, she, whatever she has, people love it. But I never want to hear a Taylor Swift song. Um, and I got to be honest with you guys. When I've heard her sing live – like when she duetted with Stevie Nicks at, I think it was the Grammys, she's really terrible. Like she does not have a great voice. She has a pop voice that can be synthesized using auto-tune and other t tricks in the studio, but like not a great singer. And uh, her songs to me are just like bubblegum made for children. Um, number nine is Ethel Merman's voice. Ethel Merman, legendary Broadway diva, uh, Again, I never want to hear her, ever. When I listen to Sirius XM on Broadway and they play Ethel Merman uh, doing Gypsy, I just think like, boy, I wish this were Patti LuPone or Angela Lansbury or Bernadette Peters or Tyne Daly. Any of the other Gypsies I'd rather hear than Ethel Merman. To me, that's not a pleasant voice. Um, and finally, number 10, I think I've mentioned this on the air, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is garbage. When The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel first premiered, every person in my life, and I mean every person in my life, reached out to me to tell me that I had to watch this show, that I would absolutely love it. It was made for me because I'm a comedian, blah, 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 blah. And I am here to tell you that it is a terrible show. It's a particularly terrible show if you've ever done stand-up comedy because it is so grossly unrealistic. The fact that this woman... And it's not that she's a woman. The fact that this person gets on stage having never done stand-up before, having nothing written, nothing prepared, and just like gives – delivers a killer set, it, it could never happen. 
and it's actually insulting to people who who work on their stand-up comedy craft for years. It's the hardest thing in the world to get on stage and make people laugh. No one is just like naturally blessed with that ability. No one. The greatest comics you know have worked and struggled to write material and hone their their character and their persona. But the other problem I have is that her comedy is not funny. Nothing she says is particularly funny. The show feels like a ridiculous, absurd fairy tale. I don't like anyone on it. Uh, the parents, the people that play her parents and the husband's parents are all fucking annoying. And they're all great actors, but the characters are fucking annoying. Mrs. Maisel is not a good show. And anyone who says it is just doesn't have good taste in television. Those, those are the ten things that everyone else loves that I don't like. And thank God I had those ready to go because, uh, once again, no Lars Kellyu. I'll tell you what's interesting about this. Lars reached out to me and asked me to book him for the show, not the other way around. Now, I love Lars. I don't want to trash him. But like many of our straight guy and lesbian guests, he did not show up even though I sent him an iCalendar reminder. Like right now, if he looked at his phone, he'd see a pop-up that said, like, call the Adam Sank show. So, Lars, I don't know what happened, but um, we're going to move on. Frank, uh, Thankfully, we have Frank DeCaro calling in in eight minutes. Let's see if he wakes up in Los Angeles early enough to do that. Okay, so now I have a heartwarming story involving Grindr and the coronavirus. I know that seems unlikely, but I do. So there's this Facebook page called Humans of New York. It's also a website. It's very popular. I'm sure you've seen it. The, the, it's a photographer who takes pictures of just ordinary people. Um, and then there's a little story that goes with it, a caption. And sometimes it's very sad and very um, poignant. And so on, on Friday, March 20th, there was a grinder user in Minnesota. And um, he... He had a uh, he was in, featured on Humans of New York, and he said it, it started. He started it, uh, okay. I'm not explaining this well. He basically thought that he had COVID nineteen. He wrote it started with a heavy chest. Then I began to have a fever and a dry cough. They're doing car tests in Minnesota where he lives, but I don't have a car, so I ended up walking to the ER. They put me in isolation. I wasn't even allowed to use the restroom, so I had to pee in a bucket. Then they tested me and sent me home. I've been waiting on the results for days. There hasn't been much to do, so naturally I've been scrolling through Grinder. A couple days ago, this older guy sent me a message. My profile name is Bernie2020, so he goes, Hi, Bernie. I explained that I'd just been tested, and the guy tells me that he's a retired doctor. He starts asking me about my symptoms. He wants to know if he can bring me anything since my family lives out of state. And this whole time, he's calling me Bernie, but I don't have the heart to correct him. Um, and I figured, you know, who's going to kidnap a person with the coronavirus? So I gave him my address. The next day, the older guy who's a doctor shows up with a perfect little portion of salmon, asparagus, four pears, and some very expensive looking granola bars. We barely spoke. He seemed more nervous than I was. He just dropped it on the steps, walked quickly back to his car, and said, good luck, Bernie. Isn't that a lovely story? A total stranger who met this guy on Grinder delivered food to his house. Many praised the actions of the older man. At a time when, as a human race, we are challenged and brought to the edge by COVID-19, said one commentator, stories like this show us the best of humankind. They fill our hearts with hope. In some way, we feel the touch and the love of that doctor. He gave you, but after you sharing it with us, it feels like he gave all of us. We are touched by his act. That is the best of the human family. Someone else wrote, whoever that person was, that was so kind of him to help you out. Um, Grinder also reshared the story on its own Twitter profile, and it called the Good Samaritan, quote, the daddy that we all deserve. Isn't that a nice story? You know, this is such a hard time for everyone. Everyone is struggling in some way right now. And, you know, when you watch the Donald Trump press conferences, it's just so easy to feel like the worst of humanity has won. You know, just the worst, the grossest, the tackiest, the, the least 
kind, the least decent, they've triumphed. It certainly would appear that way. But it's important to remember that most people, most human beings are fundamentally good. Most human beings, if they're given the opportunity to be kind and compassionate, they will do so. And there's so many stories of generosity and bravery and heroism and just basic human kindness that are coming out of this story, uh, this, this situation, I should say. Um, and you got to hold on to that. We all have to hold on to our humanity and the humanity of most of the others and say, like, whatever happens, uh, there's a lot of good people out there doing good things. And um, this is an example of that. I'm, I'm making myself a little emotional here, everyone. <sighs> but I'll be OK. OK, here's another story. Um and the headline was shocking to me, as I'm sure it was to others. Lil Nas X comes out as straight. And I can just hear JB saying, this is fuckery. On Sunday, April 1st, Lil Nas X, the Grammy-winning Old Town Road singer, uh, took to social media and posted, I was never gay. I said it to build up fuel for April Fool's Day. Ha ha, got you guys. So in other words... He really is gay. It was an April Fool's Day joke. Uh, another rapper named, I know I'm going to get this wrong, Kafivish? It's K-A, the number five, S-H. I don't know how to pronounce that. He tweeted back at Nas X and congratulated him on his coming out. Quote, it's hard, but somebody has to take a stand and lead the, others, the other straight people who are afraid to be themselves. To which Lil Nas X replied, where the hoes at? <laughs> Lil Nas X's foray into heterosexuality lasted all of 13 minutes before he tweeted out a retraction and said, OK, I'm gay again, which prompted fellow gay singer Troy Savan to welcome him back to the queer tribe by tweeting, welcome back. At only age 20, Lil Nas X has scored two Grammy Awards and become the first ever artist to come out as gay while holding the number one spot. Uh, with a record. So congratulations once again to Lil Nas X and congratulations on being gay and not coming out as straight. It was all, it was all a joke. Um, what else do I have to tell you? Okay, hopefully this will be the last story before Frank DeCaro calls in. Fingers crossed. Um, this just caught my eye and I posted it on the Adam Sank Show page because it made me laugh so hard. So in Atlanta... They have this wonderful mayor named Keisha Lance Bottoms, B-O-T-T-O-M-S. She's really, she's a lovely person. She's doing an amazing job. You know, she's a Democratic mayor in a very Republican state, uh, although Atlanta um, is, you know, obviously it leans heavily blue. And, you know, they're dealing with the coronavirus pandemic and she's just like Mayor de Blasio and all these other public officials. She's on TV every single day briefing and um, telling people what she's been doing to uh, to organize things for the pandemic. But MSNBC had a headline on the on their their screen as they were awaiting her press conference. And the headline was Atlanta Mayor Bottoms Live. <laughs> Which made it sound like there was going to be a mayor on TV uh, bottoming live. It was just so funny. And I don't want to make fun of her name because, like I said, she's terrific. But Atlanta, Atlanta Mayor Bottoms Live may be one of my favorite headlines to come along in a very long time. So congratulations, Keisha Lance Bottoms, and to all the bottoms out there. And by the way, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of people are bottoming live right now uh, for these uh, online sex parties. So if you are with your, your partner and you would like to bottom live, I encourage you to do so and send the video to me. All right, it's 11.40 now, my time, and there's no Frank DeCaro, so I am going to try to call him. Is this not such fuckery, you guys, that none of my guests are calling in? Ryan didn't. <laughs> Lars didn't, and now Frank didn't. Let's see what happens. I'm calling. Hey. Is this Frank DeCaro? It most certainly is. 
I just was calling you. All right, hold on one second so we can do your sure. full introduction. Our second and final guest today is well-known to my listeners, well-known to DNR listeners, and well-known to anyone who's ever watched the original Daily Show. He's holed up in his house with his gorgeous husband, Jim Colucci, and joins us now all the way from sunny Los Angeles as he continues doing the world's longest publicity tour for his book, Drag, Coming Through the, bi- through the Big Wigs of Show Business. Please give a warm-ass welcome to Frank DeCaro. It's, it is the Share Farewell Tour of Book Tours. It really is. I, I'm, I'm going to keep Eating that drag horse as much as I possibly can. Adam, how are you? I'm hanging in there, Frankie. It's great to hear your voice. Yes, you too. You're such a cutie, you, with your... Uh, or anyway, you just are. Now, it's very early here for me. I, yesterday, I, I got up and walked the dog, and then I thought, well, what do I have to do today? Oh, wait, nothing. And I went back to bed till 2 o'clock. That was... Perfect. You know, I hear a lot of people telling stories like that. I wish that I could sleep later than 8 a.m. It doesn't matter how late I stay up. I can stay up till 4 a.m. I'll still wake up at 8 a.m. I don't have that that teenager's uh, uh, constitution anymore where I can just sleep all day. You put the pillow over your head. It's almost, you know, you just, I, I wedge myself in there with four pillows and then I just like, all right, that's it. We're going back to sleep. I've heard, that, I, I've heard that Jim more. puts the pillow over your head. He'd like to some days, I'll tell you. But you, this is the shocking thing. We're actually doing well in isolation because it's not that when you work at home usually and you're used to not earning a lot of money, you kind of are. It's kind of the same experience now, except we're cooking. We're cooking home all the time, or I'm cooking home all the time. So that's the big difference because, you know, we're big. We pretend we still live in New York and eat out every lunch and every dinner. All right. But, uh, Tell the truth. Anymore. Tell the truth. Yeah. How many times have you two had sex since the pandemic began? Oh, no. We haven't. I keep hearing this from every gay couple that I know, that they're, they're happy to be together, they're getting along great, but no one's fucking. Do you understand that I would give anything to have a husband right now so that I could have some kind of sex with another person? I mean, you like it more than I do. You know, I just, I, I like the idea of it. I, the perfect thing is going on right now for me, sexually speaking. Uh, the people, the, the college guys across the street, they look there in the late, mid-twenties, I would say. They like to play basketball shirtless, you oh. know? And, and so they're about 200 feet away. That's what I like. That's the kind of sexual social distance I like regularly, let alone now. I, I want to look at you from over there. I don't want you on top of me. I don't, you know, stay where you do, stay over there. Well, so, so you were uh, you were into social distancing before it was trendy, is what you're saying. Well, for, yeah, I don't want to be hugged necessarily. And I don't, you know, there's a lot of stuff I don't understand. You know that, but I'm kind of more, I'm all talk and no action. You know that. I'm a, kind of dirty, but only from afar. You know, I don't, I don't do anything. I'm, I'm a judge. As my, <laughs> as my mother used to say, I'm a judge. But, uh, but I can look, oh boy, oh boy. I, you know, they say pick one room you're good in and then be, a, you know, so I'm good in the kitchen. All right, so, so you mentioned the eating. And I want to yes. I want to talk about that in a minute, but but first, tell us what a typical day is like for Frank DeCaro during the Corona apocalypse. Okay, the dog look. What you hear the dog jingle, and it's not. You know that means it's about. It's anywhere from eight fifty seven to nine oh two. It's average come like clockwork. So you have one eye opens, you're looking you're like, right, I guess we have to walk the dog. You put your mask on. You walk the dog around the block, even though she wants to go the way that you can't go anymore because. It's, you don't want to go that way. So, so you're walking around this cute little new neighborhood that we live in now in California, and you and you realize that it's the allergies from all the freaking flowers, and you don't have the virus, thank God. So anyway, so you do this. You walk the dog. You come back in. You wash everything that touched anything. You know. You, you the wash dog the dog? You, no, I didn't know. It's just she's on her own. So, <laughs> I probably should. Right? I just want to dip the dog or something. I don't. So I give her a cookie. I feed her. I go back to bed. I wake up in time for lunch, and then I get up and I look at Jim, and most days I say, the important question of the day, tuna melt? You know, so it depends on what, so then I make something nice for the two of us, and then... That's your breakfast, wait a minute, your breakfast is a tuna melt? 
No, my break at two in the afternoon. No, actually, I, I skipped a step. You're right. There's a bran muffin that I baked. Oh, thank God! You need there's some a fiber. Muffin. While, the, while the dog is eating, there's a bran muffin, you know, for me. Good. Well, you no, know, I tell people, I said, bake bran muffins because they're easy to make, they're delicious, and they give you something to do the next day. You know, so it's perfect. <laughs> so they keep you, they keep you busy. So it's good. So, okay, so I go back to bed after a bread muffin. I get up at two. I make a nice lunch for Jim and for me. He watches The Love Boat and takes notes because that's his next book. So he's watching The Love Boat. I'm puttering around posting my drag moment of the day or a funny coronavirus. I've been doing de-coronavirus rules. And so I think of a thing to help people through their day and I post those things and then uh, I putter and I do a lot of work and by that I mean I answer an email right. and then work then work is done so that's good uh, and then I just we, we look at each other and we say what are we going to watch tonight which Joan Crawford movie because I only want to watch things that people are dead in and we watched Possessed last night I, it wasn't my favorite which one? So anyway, Possessed uh, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't know about it. I didn't even know I had it. I was like, oh, look what we have. It's been a lot of that, you know, discovering stuff in the archive. And then, uh, and then, so I make a nice dinner. I made a wonderful pasta dinner. I kind of cobbled things together. Uh, and then I, uh, and then we watched Laverne and Shirley until two o'clock in the morning. We're we're binge watching because we're current. You know, other people can watch <laughs> Tiger King, but we're watching the California years of Laverne and Shirley. Oh, that, that's the worst. I have to tell you. There are certain shows that haven't aged well. And for me, Laverne and Shirley is one of them. And particularly those horrible California seasons when it, when Shirley was gone. It was just Laverne. Yeah, sure, I couldn't remember who left. I was worried last night because it turned out Laverne had just gone to Disneyland. So she was out of the first five minutes of the show. So I was relieved that she was back. Yeah, a friend of mine, I remember back in the day when it was new, said they should just start calling it Laverne and Shirley's Furniture, which I thought was a great show. <laughs> but, uh, oh. So, yeah, so we do that. We're, watching, we're, we're binge watching that. We're watching more current things. We watched Dead to Me, which was really fun. And we watched uh, Millions. Oh, McMillions. And, uh, I was just talking about McMillions earlier in the podcast. I'm I'm recommending it. Yeah, no, I like. I didn't like the way the story was told. It's a little too... I don't like reenactments. I don't like blurry things for the actors in the background. You know, it's like, just give me talking heads. That, that, if I made that movie, it would have been about two and a half hours long. But, but... But like Tiger but, King, it has such an incredible cast of real-life people. Like, everyone's a character. I have to see if I'm going to like Tiger King because I tend to require uh, uh, people and things to have teeth. Frank. You know, I like <laughs> nice ones. You, you know, I like nice teeth. You will love, you will love Tiger King. Tiger King has right, everything. I'll, I'll it has mystery. It has murder. It has gayness. There's gay sex. It's, it's crazy. Okay, Frank, here's the $63,000 question. Uh-oh. We got reduced. It used to be sixty-four thousand. Is that what it is? Sixty-four. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, in not fl- when I was a kid. I mean, it was over by then. Let's not, you know. The economy. The economy's are. not doing well. Okay, Frank, yeah. you were you were doing amazing with your diet and exercise regime before all this happened. What's happening? Yeah. What's happening now with the body? Uh, I'm good from from the waist up. You know, it's, <laughs> my ass. Is I, I, my ass, I can feel it, you know? Because you stand there when you're taking a tinkle, you know, and you grab both cheeks, and they don't, it's, they're a little, it's a little big now, okay? So, yeah, it's making me a little unhappy. But I keep thinking, I joined the gym like a month before, and we just moved, and we used to have it in the building. And so, like a month before, I joined this gorgeous new gym, and I was going, and uh, it, it, it's a little. Our favorite foods right now are frozen and fudge covered, you know, so it's a yeah. little problematic. And I did, and I, and I posted that I was making canapes, and what it was was I took a fudge covered Oreo and I put cookie dough on top of it. And so, and I did do that. So that was kind of the truth, it was truthful. So I, I'm trying to decide how long I can go before the damage is really done. <laughs> Well, so you know, how are you doing? You're good about exercising, better, way better than I am. Normally, how have you been? Well, I, I was saying earlier in the podcast that right now everyone's doing what they can to survive, right? And so a lot of us are 
eating too much. A lot of us are, you know, smoking pot or doing other drugs or watching porn or whatever, whatever we're drinking. And you have to give yourself a certain amount of slack because we're just coping with this unprecedented situation. But at the same time, you can't get so in a hole that it'll be impossible to dig yourself out of it once this is over. You've got to keep a semblance of your of your normal healthy routine, right? Yeah, I agree with that. I just cause look the way I look at it, and this is a little more Okay, if you live, you want to sit. I want to sit in my fabulous wardrobe, right? And if I don't, I want to sit in a coffin. You know, and so you do really. <laughs> you have to. Otherwise, they'll have to bury you in a piano case. Yeah, I don't need that anymore. I did that for a long time. I don't need that anymore. No, and I have really good clothes now. I have really cute things. But it's like. See, this is why I'm doing this talk show now. I just started last week. We're doing this drag talk show every Wednesday night. And we do it on Zoom. And then we put it on Facebook Live and so people can see it. And what's good about Zoom is you can, uh, I heard it called Donald Ducking. It's sort of Winnie the Pooh. You just put the top half, you know, your breast from your waist up and you look adorable. You know, I was wearing vintage Todd Oldham leopard print. The other day. I looked adorable. My teeth were really, I watched myself on Zoom. I'm like, your teeth Which- Really, Frank, it's good. You know? Na- so, name yeah. some of the drag queens you're doing that show with. Well, this past week we had uh, Jaden Dior Fierce and Soju and Miss Richfield, the legendary Miss Richfield, 1981. This coming Wednesday, it's the unfortunately named but brilliantly talented Lucy Stool. <laughs> and it's Lucy Stool. Get this, Ginger Minge. Yes. And Nina and Nina West. Oh my God. That's this coming week. I know. And people can say, people can go to your Facebook page to watch this. Yes, and they can go to the Facebook page for Flip Phone. It's called F-L-I-P Phone, Flip Phone. Oh, I used to have a Flip Phone. Like old Flip Phone. Yeah. And Flip Phone, uh, they are the producers of it. They are the the guys who put on the Golden Girls cruises that we went on right before this all started. Uh-huh. We, we went on back-to-back Golden Girls cruises. My husband, Jim Colucci, was a rock star with that Golden Girls Forever book of his. And it was it was fantastic. And people brought my drag book and everything. It was, it was just delightful. And then we came home and this all started. You know, and, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, but, but I tell you, and I know you're doing this, and then you know I'm doing this. The call to arms for us now, the little bit that we can do as comedians and radio people and TV people and stuff, is we make merry. Yes. And you, you lighten people's loads. Stay entertaining. I can get a contribute, but, I'm, but I will do my damnedest to amuse you. I'll make a collage. I'll find a stupid photo. I'll write a joke. I'll, I'll sit and craft. You know, you and I know this. You sit there and go, how do I phrase this? Facebook post exactly right to get the joke. That's know? right. And, and some days it works, some days it doesn't. But you know, you really, but you take it seriously. Right. And the nice thing for me, people have been saying, your content has been amazing, which I think is hilarious they call it that. But they basically have been saying, you're really brightening our day. And what else do we do? That's our job description. You Absolutely. Know? That's what you and I do. Frank, we only have a couple minutes left, and in that time, we're going to play everyone's favorite quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. What's the last thing you ate? Uh, what was the last thing I... What did we... Oh, I... Uh I had a Pepperidge Farm turnover with vanilla ice cream on it. And Jim, Jim warmed it up for me. Nutritious. It was, what is, it was wonderful. What yeah. is Jim's favorite part of your body? Um, you know, he, re- he loves my eyes. He really does. I would <laughs> say my brain because that's what I like. But he likes my – he does. He says my brown, my really deep brown eyes. He, he bites them a lot. I, uh, not so much when they pop out, but, you know, when I'm there, you yeah. know, when I look at it funny. All right. But, yeah, you know, he does. F. Mary Kill. This is a pop music twink edition. You have to fuck oh, – no, I love it already. You okay. have to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. Harry Styles, Shawn Mendes, Justin Bieber. Kill Justin Bieber. Yes. Uh, fuck Harry Styles and marry the one whose name I can't remember. Sean Mendez. Sean uh, Mendez. He's so dreamy and he's got the most money, I think, of all. So, you know, maybe Harry Styles has. Because what am I going to do with them? It's, you know, they're kids. I'll fuck them once and then I won't care anymore. You know, so, uh, yeah, let's all stick with him. He's good. Give us your best celebrity impression. Uh, 
Uh, okay, I'll do uh, Paul Lynch from uh, uh, Vintage uh, Hollywood Square. Oh. And he said, okay, you ready? He goes, you're all being very nice, and I don't like it. <laughs> that is good. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard your Paul Lynch. Oh, God, I've been dining out on that since I was in high school. I've been doing the same act since senior year of high school. It's, it's working for you. Uh, and finally, Frank, what's the first thing you're going to do when this corona apocalypse ends? Eat smaller portions in expensive restaurants. There you go. Oh, my God, I do miss eating in restaurants. I do, too. I, you know, it's we allowed ourselves to go through a couple of drive-thrus. Because, you know, yesterday, so you're not Catholic, so you're not. Yesterday was filet of fish Friday. Not yesterday. It was filet of fish Friday. So you have to go through McDonald's and uh, do that. But the best thing was there's a woman. I saw, I saw this hand in a rubber glove come out of a red Mustang and flick ashes off a cigarette and a cloud of smoke. And then she grabbed her over and drove off. And I thought, like, yeah, that's it. Good time to have a... <laughs> By the way, I want to wish you and all my other Goyasha listeners a very happy Easter and uh, my Jews a happy Passover because this isn't going to air until next Saturday. So happy holidays to all. Frank DeCaro, you are a delight as always. How can people follow you on the Internet? Okay, everywhere that's worth following me, particularly Instagram, I'm at Frank DeCaro Show. And if I can plug anything... I have my book, A Boy Named Phyllis, which I wrote in 1960. Yes. Last last fall, it was out of print for decades. I recorded it as an audio book for Audible. And if you have an Audible subscription, I think you can get it for free. And if if you do the trial subscription, I know you can get it for free. So um, so do it. It's A Boy Named Phyllis, a suburban memoir. And the kids call it a pioneering queer memoir now. So... Uh, but it's dirty and nostalgic, and I think you'll like it a lot. Perfect. It'll get you through these days. It's pretty fun. And it's from New Jersey. It's all set in our homeland in New Jersey. What so. could be better? Frank DeCaro, I love you. Thank you so much for waking up to do this with us. Stay well uh, and, try, and try not to drive Jim too crazy. Adam, I love you to pieces. Thanks for doing this and for having me on your show. And everybody out there, keep your chins up. I'll do mine if you do yours. All right, baby. Thank you. Tune in uh, to hear another brand new ass next Saturday. As God is my witness, I will keep doing these every week uh, as long as I can. (laughs) Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to download my comedy albums. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. I don't know. I, I haven't heard from many of you about my ass tweet. I tweeted a picture of my naked ass and heard nothing from the listeners. So let me know what you thought. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Follow the guidelines. This will all end someday soon. Bye-bye.